Time now for Midweek Media Watch and uh, Jeremy Rose is in our Wellington studio. Hi, Jeremy. Hi, Karen. You can't hear me, but I'm clapping out loud at the moment. <laughs> Are you? I can uh, imagine you. <laughs> I, I'm not sure that the professor's right, to be honest. The first time I came across that was at an Occupy event in Wellington, and they adopted it. It was all around the world at those Occupy events. And I think it's because people just couldn't be heard if people were clapping all the time. Um I think people call it jazz hands, but I think it's got other origins, and possibly even deaf people, I think, might do it. But anyway. Yes, they do. Yes, it's their universal um, gesture. Yes, I think it's just the word jazz hands, but I think it actually is just another way of silent clapping. But anyway. So do you like the idea of silent clapping, though? Oh, sometimes. I, I can find it a little bit overwhelming, but then I also enjoy a really enthusiastic clap, so I'm probably in, in between, yeah, sitting on the fence. Well, that's not a good place to be. <laughs> you want to talk about Facebook this week? I do. First up, actually, um, for the first time I posted, you know, every time Colin and I do this, we write up a, a written version with all the links in it, and I posted that on the Lately Facebook page. So, I saw it. Thank so you. So I thought, you know, that, that's a bit of Facebook news. But they've really been in the news this week um, for a couple of reasons. One is the New York Times reported that Facebook staff had written internal letter um, backing up people who have been highly critical of Facebook and its advertising policy. Um, basically, they take any ads and any political ads without fact-checking them. And the staff wrote a letter where they said they thought this allowed politicians to weaponize. Um, their advertising and that it was bad for Facebook. So there's a bit of a staff rebellion going And that was probably in response to this quite extraordinary um, political theatre at the House Financial Services Committee. Um, Mark Zuckerberg got grilled by a whole lot of different Congress people, including AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And let's listen to a clip from that now. Would I be able to run advertisements on Facebook targeting Republicans in primary saying that they voted for the Green New Deal? I mean, if you're not fact-checking political advertisements, I'm just trying to understand the the bounds here. What's fair game? Congresswoman, I don't know the answer to that off the top of my head. I think So you don't know if I'll be able to do that? I think probably. Um, Do you see a potential problem here with a complete lack of fact-checking on political advertisements? Well, Congresswoman, I think lying is bad, and I think if you were to run an ad that had a lie, that would be bad. That's different from it, in our position, the right thing to do to prevent your constituents or people in an election from seeing that you had lied. So that was Mark Zuckerberg, and he was extremely uncomfortable. It was quite a watch, and it was congressperson after congressperson just quizzing him, and it was quite extraordinary. But he did hold his ground, and he has been very unapologetic about this approach. He, He gave a talk at Georgetown University where he said people having the power to express themselves at scale is a new kind of force in the world, a fifth estate alongside the other power structures of society. Now, that's kind of interesting because people, most of the critics of Facebook uh, say, look, they've endangered the fourth estate. You know, they're, they're absolutely undermining journalism as a viable business. Um, And interestingly, last week, Facebook responded to that with the launch of what they call Facebook News Tab, which you'll remember a couple of years back, they kind of moved away from the news and said, look, we're just going to encourage people to um, 
you know, share their family stuff and we're going to pretty much take the news out of Facebook. And that caused real problems to the news media, which had started depending on Facebook as the disseminator of much of its content. So this week, or last week, they launched Facebook news tabs, only in America at the moment, to select audiences. Um, it's had buy-in from 200 media outlets, uh, you know, big names, Boston Globe, Washington Post, Los Angeles Times, New York Times, uh, apparently, yeah, 200, and reports that some of them could be getting up to $3 million a Well, it's unclear whether that's a year or not to become contributing outlets. Um, there's going to be a team of professional journalists curating the news feed, or professionals of some type, um, but... It's coming for quite a lot of criticism. Uh, Breitbart is among those who uh, have been listed as one of the news outlets that's going to be featured. Um, and Mark Zuckerberg kind of launched this with a what was called a fireside chat. There wasn't actually a fire there, but it was with him and the CEO of News Corp, Robert Thompson. And we can hear um, Mark at that. I care about um, giving people a voice uh, so that people can share their own experiences, so that they can share their opinions on things. But, you know, at the end of the day, in order for that to be valuable, um, there needs to be a a, a strong and and free press that's and people actually going and doing the work of uncovering um, the truth. Right. And and the and the um, important stories that people uh, ha- have kind of the basis and the, the ground truth to talk about, right, and, and, and debate and, and have that at scale. Well, there will be a lot of journalists who are, who are cheering that on. Um, the proof, obviously, is going to be in the pudding. The Emily Bell, who's the director of the Tau Media Centre, former Guardian journalist, I think still a Guardian columnist, uh, wrote quite a scathing piece um, about it, she pointed out that Thompson has been an extremely harsh critic in the past of Facebook, and asked what what led to the change. You know, is is it the money? What's seen News Corp and Facebook seemingly cozying up like this? Um, and one thing that she speculated could be behind it is that both of them are getting nervous because people like Elizabeth Warren, the Democrat candidate for president have been talking about the need to break them up um and to break up who both both the the big media organizations like news corp and also facebook there's been talk about the need that facebook has simply got too big um but emily bill summed up the you know what she thought where we're at like this Payment to publishers for stories that Facebook might otherwise aggregate for free is a boon for journalism. The idea that there will be a daily, regular news feed that's not filled with nonsense is a boon for Facebook users. The delineation of news as a category distinct from other content is a boon for democracy. Yet the readiness with with which publishers are seemingly embracing this new business arrangement is discomforting. Given Facebook's track record and the total, total lack of regulation, will News Corp and others disclose their relationship with Facebook when they cover the tech world? One can only hope so. So, you know, she see, definitely is seeing some positive sides, um, but also saying we should be weary. We don't know what the situation is going to be in New Zealand yet. Like I said, it's only been floated in America at this stage. Um, It'll be interesting to see whether New Zealand media can respond, you know, whether they're picked off 
or, or how many different organisations it uh, Facebook approaches. Um, that fireside chat was actually the first of a number that Mark, I mean, the, the most recent of a number. He kicked them off in April, I think, and he spoke to uh, Matthias Doffner, the CEO of Europe's largest publisher, Axel Springer. And let's hear one of Doffner's concerns. The better the business model is that Facebook provides for publishers, mm-hmm. the more professional journalists you will attract. As soon as it is only about reach, only about popularity, only about audience, the seduction to be a platform for manipulation is so high. Because people who want to make a business, who have to make a business in order to finance investigative journalists and correspondents and big foreign networks, they cannot afford to do that for free. But manipulators, governments from Russia to China, uh, other sinister sources, they can all use it, abuse it, and then you have an image problem for Facebook, but you also have a structural problem for journalism. Mm. Yeah, and he was talking there about the manipulators, and it, I just happened to come across it. What you know, this fascinating investigation by a website organisation called Bill and Cat. Uh, it's an international collective of researchers and investigative journalists, and they revealed how hundreds of thousands of dollars were spent last month spreading a mixture of false and highly selective and slanted news about West Papua over social media. Um, the journalist Benjamin Strick, who works for the BBC, noticed that a K-pop star, Kim Jenny, I think is her name, was tweeting a lot about West Papa, and he thought it was a bit odd. So he took a closer look and discovered that it was just an automated bot. Um, further investigation found that the bot was linking to Facebook stories about West Papa that were being pl- placed as ads in Europe, the US and the UK. Um, and Bill and Cat reports that Facebook as a result, deleted 100 accounts and pages uh, that had spent $300,000 in advertising on Facebook. Um, It involved... uh, Facebook itself said the accounts were involved in domestic-focused, coordinated, inauthentic behaviour in Indonesia. Um, And at the same time, Facebook... in its post, said that it had found a whole lot of similar things being done out of Egypt, which were all anti-Qatar, Iran and Turkey, and very pro the United Arab Emirates and Saudi Arabia. So looking like legitimate news stories, but being paid for and sponsored by some organisation within Egypt. So it's quite kind of worrying what they can get away with. Um, and the investigation, they they can't say it was the Indonesian government, but it was paid for by a Jakarta-based media company called Insight ID. And finally, uh, a warship in the Wellington Harbour? Yeah, let's, let's have a listen to a little clip that was on Voice of America's English language service. A Chinese military ship is traveling in the disputed South China Sea to train its sailors and visit other countries. China hopes to spread goodwill, strengthen its claim to the disputed sea, and reduce Australia's influence in the area. That information comes from the Chinese People's Liberation Army's military news service. So, yeah, that, that's this bizarre English language teaching service which Voice of America does. I, when I first heard it, I assumed it had come from China. But, um, yeah, it 
it's referencing a ship that's just actually sailed out of Wellington Harbour today, the Chi Chuang Guang. I'm sorry, I completely f- mispronounced that, I'm sure. But it just caught my eye. The stuff ran a story under the headline, Chinese Navy Training Vessel. Ching Chuang Wang spotted in Wellington Harbour and I thought it's a bit weird for a military you know for a ship to be spotted like a whale or maybe an enemy submarine but we kind of knew the ship was coming I'd know knew it was coming because Anne-Marie Brady the academic had tweeted about it earlier this week or even last week uh, she tweeted a Chinese Navy vessel was making a trip to New Zealand to practice passing through Cook Strait I'd like to hear the People Liberation Army Navy explain why they need to know how to do this and New Zealand government explain why they permit it Um, and she was then very unimpressed when she saw the articles that were written like that stuff one Uh, she felt that there's an important issue that needed exploring and that the media had let us down Jeremy, thank you very much for that. Yeah, very interesting. It, that Facebook stuff is, uh, you know, that to me is so fascinating about how where the, the you know the future of journalism lies. It is. I think it's important to all of us, and and we have to hope that um, pressure goes on so that it at least starts funding some journalism properly. Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you.